Thank you for listening to this message from Waynesboro Free Methodist Church. Our mission is to multiply faithful followers of Jesus Christ. We hope this message helps you along your journey. So if you could go ahead and get your Bibles open to Matthew chapter 2. We're actually going to be in an Advent passage today. It's kind of nice. We haven't really been in a narrative of Christmas story uh, all four weeks of Advent, and yet today we're going to be doing it. Um, and while you're turning there, I uh, just want to recap that we've been in this series all Advent called God With Us, and this idea of God's manifest presence, of this idea that He's not just meant to be omnipresent in all places at all times, but He also specifically shows up in ways, in the person and work of Christ, in the temple and the tabernacle, now with us in the presence of the Holy Spirit filling us, so we, we celebrate today because Jesus really is God with us. Amen? Amen. So with that, um, because we have some kids and you know it's Christmas, we want to try to have a candid moment here real quick. And so if I could, I want three kid volunteers. All you have to do is come up and answer a question, okay? Benji, I saw your hand go up real quick. I'll say Hadley and Allison, if you want to come up. And let me get one more. Joanne, did you raise your hand? Oh, I saw it go up. Okay, you don't want to? All right. Y'all three, go ahead and come up. Come on up. So the question that I want to ask you, go ahead and just stand right there. The three of you line up. question I want to ask you is, if you could have anything, if, if you could have the best gift, what would that best gift be? We'll start with Benji. This is going to be great. Here we go. Uh, the best gift ever. I think mom and dad are liking this gift right now. Silence. The best gift you got. Oh, you don't have to give the Sunday school answer. He said Jesus. He said Jesus. <laughs> well done, Benji. <laughs> you don't have one? You don't have a best gift you could ever get, like like a toy or a bike or something? A buffalo? I would love a huh? Puppy. You want a puppy? <laughs> but Colvin said, mm-mm. What about you? This is my daughter, by the way. I don't know why I said, what about you? Hadley, do you have an idea? No? Okay. Benji, how about you? You, you already gave your answer, right? Okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. All right, you can go, 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 go back. It was worth a shot. Let me ask this. Apparently, one of y'all wants a buffalo. Others of you, what would you say if, if you could have one Big gift, what would it be? What, what would you want? The greatest gift you could think about receiving, what would it be? A house? Yeah, a house might be nice. What else? A knee? You need a new knee? Okay, I like it. I heard over here? A car. A car, that'd be nice. Hey, surprise, Tammy, a new car. I'm just kidding. It's sitting out there. A, a new what? Body. Hey, I know that's coming one day, right? Amen. Guys, you can kind of joke about this, right? We can entertain some fun things, a vacation, right? Some trip somewhere, right? But, but really, if, if you were to seriously consider, like, 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 what would be the number one thing that you would ask of God, right? Like, if, if you could ask of one thing from Him, kind of like you did with Solomon, right? He said, because you've pleased me, I've, I'll give you whatever you ask for. And what did Solomon ask for? wisdom, 
And he was a very wise man for asking for that, wasn't he? Peace on earth. Peace on earth would be a great gift, right? We have this, this one idea, like this one question. Like if, if God were to present that to you, what would you really ask of him, right? What, what would be the best gift that you would want to receive from him? And, and, and one of the things that I hope that this whole, ha- this whole Advent season as we've been talking about this reality of God with us, I hope that above all, you would find within your heart the actual desire that would match the words, God, I, I just, I want you. Where, where he himself is the gift that we really, really want. Where his presence, him, is what we want. I mean, guys, if you think about it this way, right, like for, for you parents, one of the best things that you can give to your kids is what? Is you, right? I mean, that's, that's one of the one things that they, they really, really want. Trust me, ask my kids. They're always asking, Dad, are you ready to play? Dad, are you ready to go do this? And I'm like, no, I've got to do this. No, I've got to do that. It's like, but the one thing that I know that I could give would just be me. To them, right? I mean, I'm messed up and all junky and all sorts, but still, they they want that. And in the same way, like one of the best things that God could ever give us is Himself. And when you think about it, when when we ask for things like God, I, I just I need strength, I or I need grace for this. God, would you give me the ability or the capacity to be merciful? to this person or, or these sorts of things, right? The reality is that He's not giving you something outside of Himself when He gives you grace or when He gives you mercy. You see, the reality is God is grace. God is mercy. God is love. And so when, when, when we ask for those things and we find ourselves receiving them, we're not getting something abstract or concept that's outside of Jesus. We're actually getting God himself when we're given grace, when we're given mercy and strength. And so I just want to real quick really encourage you that the greatest gift that you could ever ask for or get is God himself. And that's the gift that's given in the gospel, is it not? It's the gift that's received simply by what? Faith. That's all it takes, is faith. God is the greatest gift that could ever be given. And, and here we have this great picture of Christmas Day being God giving of himself to a really messed up, defunct world. And so God gives himself to the world. God gives himself to us. His graciousness gives himself to us. And the question I can't help but then respond with is, well, then how do we respond? When God gives of himself, how are we to appropriately respond in this way? And I want to propose to you that we should respond just like the wise men did. And so if you have your Bibles open to Matthew chapter 2, I think I told you chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2, just take a look at, at how the wise men respond when they find out that the king has shown up. Take a look. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, wise men from the east arrived in Jerusalem saying, where is he 
who has been born King of the Jews. For we saw his star at its rising and have come to what? Worship him. We have come to worship him. Just a real quick note. Did you guys know that the three wise men, we don't even know if there were just three and not only that, did you, not know, did you know that they weren't actually there when Jesus came out? <laughs> that, that they showed up either months or a few years later? <laughs> so, so we kind of have them in the, in the nativity. We, where's our nativity? Oh, it's gone. Oh, well. Apparently, we're not doing it. But did you notice, I, I, I emphasize it, did you notice why they were seeking the king? They wanted to what? Worship. Worship. They came. They followed the star because they wanted to worship the king. And so we, we know the story. Herod gathers up some of the Jews and, and religious leaders, and they tell him, well, the prophecy says he's to be born in Bethlehem. And so, so after this, we, we, we find in, in verse 9, if you look there, Matthew chapter 2, verse 9. After hearing the king, they went on their way, and there it was, the star they had seen at its rising. It led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. And falling to their knees, they worshipped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts. Gold and frankincense and myrrh. So most likely we see little baby Jesus, toddler Jesus, with his mom. A little kid. And they fall down at their feet and they worship him. And not only do they, they, they humble and prostrate themselves before this, this infant or toddler, they bring what? They bring gifts. They bring their gifts. Three gifts that are fit for a king. We have gold, obviously, the very precious metal that had much value. We have frankincense, right? It's a type of gum, not like chewing gum, but a gum from a tree, and it just smelled really good, very beautiful sap smell. And then myrrh, a similar kind of uh, fragrance. It's a spice or perfume, often that was used in the embalming process when someone had died. Some people say that this was foretelling of Jesus' death. But these wise men, they, they come to this child only having seen the star, knowing what it meant, and they come to this child and they fall down and they worship him and they give him their gifts. Guys, our, our family this Christmas has been doing the family advent that our family ministries provided to our church family. And, and just a few days ago, there was a, a, a note about this in there from a, a, a commentary on J.C. Ryle. Or he wrote, he was a bishop of Liverpool back in the 1800s and 1900s. And this is what he said about the wise men. This is what he said. These wise men believed in Christ when they had never seen him. But that was not all. They believed in him when the scribes and the Pharisees were unbelieving, but that, again, was not all. They believed in him when they saw him, a little infant on Mary's knees, and worshipped him as king. This was the crowning point of their faith. They saw no miracles to convince them. They heard no teaching to persuade them. They beheld no signs of divinity and greatness to... That's cut off. Over, over all them. I, I never used that word anyways. <laughs> They saw nothing but a newborn infant, helpless and weak and needing a mother's care. Like any of ourselves, we read of no greater faith 
than this in the whole volume of the Bible. Let us walk in these steps of their faith. Let us imitate their faith. Let us walk in their kind of faith. Seek Jesus, worship him, and bring our gifts. And you see, the reality is that Jesus still wants gifts from us today, does he not? He doesn't need anything from us, but he wants. In fact, I believe that Jesus has his own Christmas list, if you could say. We seek him to worship him, and we can still bring gifts to him this day. And so, just a quick question. What might be some things that Jesus has on his list as gifts that he wants to receive from us? Time. Redeem every moment of the day. Every moment from sunrise to sunset, given to him as a gift to do with as he wished. What else might Jesus want from us? To Jesus we give our marriage. Amen. One of the closest relationships that we get to have this side of heaven with a spouse, with a loved one. Jesus wants that. He wants to receive that as a gift in worship to Him. What else might Jesus want from us this Christmas? To Jesus, I give my relationships. Relationships. Hmm. How you relate to other people, your friendships, your coworkers, your neighbors. You have a circle, a sphere of influence that Jesus wants to receive worship from if you'll give it to him. What else might Jesus want from us this Christmas? You give your fun time. And what is that you have there? Video game controller. <laughs> I like it. Fun time. Your leisure. He wants that too, huh? Okay, Allison, I like it. What else might Jesus want from us? Your finances. Is that a wallet? Okay. Nobody come running up here. Your finances, how you budget, how you spend your money, what you spend it on, you probably value. He wants your finances too. What else might Jesus have on his Christmas list? Oh, your career. That's awesome. He wants your your work. He wants your employment, whatever you do to earn a wage, he wants worship from that sphere too, okay? What else might be on his list? Oh. Their family. Jesus wants your family too, huh? He wants to receive worship and praise from the family unit. Isn't that what Joshua said? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know, what else might Jesus have on his Christmas list to receive from us this Christmas? To Jesus, I give my goals. Your goals. Your planning, your future aspirations and desires. He wants those too, huh? He wants to receive praise and worship from how you plan out your life. What you seek to accomplish. What else might Jesus have on his Christmas list from us? Your minds, OK? 
okay. He wants your minds. You see, there's not just things outside of you that he seems to want from us. There's things inside of us that he ultimately wants from us. He wants our minds, our thought life. We talked about that last Sunday from Romans 8. He wants the way that we think, our perceptions, our intellect. And what else might he want from us this Christmas? Our hearts. You see, in biblical thought, our hearts are the center of all of our inner life. Our, in fact, our, our minds are somewhat contained in our hearts. And in our hearts, we have our emotions, we have our values, we have our appetites, we have all these things stored up within there. And Jesus wants that too. He wants that too. He wants your mind, your heart, He wants your finances, He wants your relationships, your leisure, your everything. That's a lot, isn't it? There's a lot of things under that tree for him, huh? Now, did we, did we leave a category out? Yeah, I'll tell you what. We left one out because it seems like he wants what? Everything. When you decide to follow Jesus, the cost of it is your life. It's actually all of you that he wants. And so, so really... Above all of this, right, you can compartmentalize your life. You can give him some leisure. You can give him some of your, your time. But, 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 but is that all he wants? No, no. You see, the reality is, I don't know how I'm going to do this. He wants you under the tree. I'm kind of big. What if I went like this? Yeah. This would have been better if I was three years old. He wants you under the tree. He wants you as a gift. He wants all of you. He wants your life. He wants every part of you. You see, we have a very easy notion as Christians in America to compartmentalize our relationship with Jesus and only give him certain parts of the house of our hearts. Right? In reality, he wants all of you. There's no compartmentalizing our lives in a relationship with this Emmanuel God with us. He doesn't want just your Sundays or your holidays. He wants every day. And he doesn't just want part of your life. He wants all of your life. And trust me, the fear that I think most of us have is when we do that, am I going to just be a miserable sap who's just only a moral person? And the reality is no. When you give all of yourself to him, the reality is, is that's designed to actually lead you into the greatest joy that you will ever know. So he's not trying to rob you of joy. He's trying to lead you into it. He wants your life and he wants all of it. And so if the greatest gift that God could ever give to us is himself, then the greatest gift that we can give to him is ourselves. Guys, the greatest gift that you can give to Jesus is just, it's you. It's you. And the reality is he loves you. Some of you might have this notion in mind that to give yourself to Jesus means you're giving him something that's broken and defunct and just too messed up, and why would he even want it? The reality is, like he offered up his life on the cross for you when he already knew how broken and defunct and messed up you were. 
And he loves you so much that he'll accept you as you are. And he loves you so much that he won't leave you as you are. So the greatest gift that you can ever give to Jesus is yourself and everything that that contains. And when you do, if you'll give yourself to him, you will be just as the wise men. You'll be wise. Who have done that too. And so today, I just want to encourage you if you haven't given your life to Christ in the way that Jesus has talked about in His Word, instead you've kind of compartmentalized your, your whole relationship with Him, would you give your life to Jesus today? Put yourself under that tree. You don't have to come do it physically, but would you give your life to Jesus today? I hope our kids, I hope all of us are listening and praying that we would respond with this call to follow Jesus. We hope this message helps you multiply faithful followers of Jesus Christ. For more information about our church, please visit waynesboroughfm.com.